Hello, welcome to our discussion tonight. We'll be discussing the work of the Father as it is taught in the Book of Mormon. And it's also known by the term, the great and marvelous work, which I'm sure people are familiar with also. I would like to uh, cover over in the scriptures what the work of the Father is and the prophecies and the explanation of it that's in the Book of Mormon. It's, this, it's the most significant event of the last days. And so with that, I would like to start in 1 Nephi chapter 14. This is the first chapter where the work of the Father is introduced in the Book of Mormon. It's also a significant chapter because this chapter is Nephi's vision of the events of the last days. And... In chapter 14 is we're the time period where we're right on the verge of all these events happening. And so uh, chapter 14 is very timely. And with that, I will start in First uh, Nephi chapter 14 with verse 1. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in, the la in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power and in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks and harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father and they shall be numbered among the house of Israel and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. They shall no more be no more brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. And that great pit which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it unto their utter destruction, saith the Lamb of God. Not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell, which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil, and also according to the justice of God upon all those who will work wickedness and abomination before him. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles repent, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. Now, usually when the Book of Mormon refers to Gentiles, it's referring to the Latter-day Saints. And the other members of the restoration movements. Because we have the Book of Mormon. We've not been grafted into the house of Israel at this time. And uh, so it's referring to us as Gentiles. And in the near future, there will be a division among the Gentiles. Those who repent and accept the Lord's work will be grafted in, and those who harden their hearts against the Lord's work, they will be destroyed. 
And we'll see that as we go on further tonight, that the Gentiles go two ways. They either embrace the Lord's work and the fullness of his gospel, or they harden their hearts and uh, are destroyed. Verse 6, Therefore, woe, woe, be unto the Gentiles, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. For the time cometh, saith the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and marvelous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting, either on the one hand or to the other, either to the convincing of them unto peace and life eternal, or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, unto their being brought down into captivity and also into destruction, both temporally and spiritually, according to the captivity of the devil, of which I have spoken. And it came to pass that when the angel had spoken these words, unto, he said unto me, Rememberest thou the covenants of the Father unto the house of Israel? I said unto him, Yea. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and behold, that great and abominable church, which is the mother of abominations, whose founder is the devil. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. One is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God, belongeth to the church of the devil to that great church, which is the mother of abominations. And she is the whore of the whole earth. And it came to pass that I looked and I and beheld the whore of all the earth. And she sat upon many waters. And she had dominion over all the earth among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and peoples. And it came to pass that I beheld that the church of the Lamb of God and its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. And it came to pass that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together in multitudes upon all the face of the earth, among all the nations of the Gentiles, to fight against the Lamb of God. So if I could point out that the uh, multitudes will gather, you could call them mobs, and to persecute the members of the Lamb of the Church of God. And we will see that further, uh, further in our reading that Isaiah also speaks of this. Verse 14, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and they were armed with righteousness and great power, and with the power of God in great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars 
and rumors of wars among all nations and kindreds of the earth. So those who study Isaiah are familiar with the Assyrian king. He is a uh, tyrant who in the last days destroys and conquers the whole earth. And so it appears, it would appear that this wars and rumors of wars among all nations of the whole earth is the beginning work of the Assyrian king. Verse 16. And as there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations which belong to the mother of abominations, the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots. And behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are the house of Israel. So here we have the introduction of the uh, work of the Father, and we have a time period for when it commences. That's when um, the Assyrian king begins his work of destruction. We also have here a brief description of what the work of the Father is. In pre preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are the house of Israel. Now, at this point, Nephi is commanded to not write the vision. So he is forbidden to write what he saw from here on. So he cannot um, tell us about what that work is and what will happen. But the Savior, who was resurrected and came to the Americas, he will give us a uh, an extensive discourse on what the work of the Father is and what events will be entailed in that. So we'll be turning there in a while. But first, I wanted to jump to Doctrine and Covenants, section 103. This is also a pivotal point and uh, that we need to understand to understand the work of the Father and what the Lord has planned for the last days. When Joseph Smith restored the church in 1830, they established Zion in Jackson County, Missouri. They also had Zion established and on the earth in Kirtland, and it only lasted a few years. The Zion in uh, Jackson County, they were driven out of, the, out of the county by mobs, and Zion failed. In Kirtland, Ohio, Zion also failed, and it failed. They both failed by 1834, and Joseph Smith was heartbroken by this. He was very anxious to see Zion established. So, since 1834, Zion has not been on the earth, and it's one of the great events is the re redeeming and establishment of Zion, and, and 
Starting with verse 15 in Doctrine and Covenants 103, we read about the redemption of Zion. Behold, I say unto you, the redemption of Zion must needs come by power. Therefore, I will raise up unto my people a man who shall lead them like Moses led the children of Israel. For ye are the children of Israel and of the seed of Abraham, and he must needs be led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. And as your fathers were led at first, even so shall the redemption of Zion be. So this is, this is a profound scripture. It tells us how Zion will be redeemed. The Lord will send a man like unto Moses. And those who study Isaiah know about the Davidic servant of the last days who is, has a major role in restoring Israel and doing the Lord's work. So it's safe to assume that this man like unto Moses will be the Davidic servant. The, um, he, there are so many parallels here to the exodus out of captivity during during the time of Moses in Egypt. And so obviously this will be repeated in the last days. We will be in bondage and we will be led out of bondage by power and with a stretched out arm. And as our fathers were led out of bondage in Egypt, so shall the redemption of Zion be. So this is uh, a significant event. Now the ex, this Exodus, when it's led out, will conclude the day of the Gentile. The, it will be the fulfilling of the date times of the Gentiles. So that's a significant marker. It also marks the work of the Father when this exodus begins. Okay, with that, I would like to flip back to Third uh, Nephi, chapter 20. This is uh, an account of where the resurrected Jesus Christ appeared to the Nephites on the American continent and taught them personally. And I would like to point out that when scriptures mention Jesus Christ's name, it's for a purpose. Jesus Christ is so highly exalted that when his name is mentioned in scriptures, it gives that scripture an added level of authority and significance. Now, Heavenly Father is much more highly exalted than Jesus Christ. So when Father's name is mentioned or the Father is quoted, that gives that scripture an even higher level of significance and authority. Um, in 35 chapter 20, the Father is mentioned 19 times. The following chapter, 35 chapter 21, the Father is also mentioned 19 times. So as we read through these verses, I would ask that you just take notice of when the Father is mentioned and, and in what context. Starting in chapter 20, the Savior gives a discourse on the work of the Father. So this is what Nephi was not permitted to share with us, but 
the resurrected Christ does go into quite extensive detail with what the work of the Father is. And I don't know of anything more authoritative than to have the resurrected Christ teaching and referencing the Father frequently. So we'll start in 35 chapter 20 and verse 10 is where we will start. And it came to pass that when they had all given glory unto Jesus, he said unto them, Behold, now I finish the commandment which the Father hath commanded me concerning this people who are a remnant of the house of Israel. Ye remember that I spake unto you and said that when the words of Isaiah should be fulfilled, behold, they are written, ye have them before you, therefore search them. Okay, I wanted to point something out. This is very interesting. The Savior starts his discourse on the work of the Father by admonishing us to study Isaiah. What's interesting, what's very interesting is when he finishes the discourse three chapters later, he commands us to study Isaiah. So this discourse has two bookends. Uh, and Isaiah, the, the admonition and command to study Isaiah is on both ends of this discourse. Verse 12. And verily, verily, I say unto you that when they shall be fulfilled, then is the fulfilling of the covenant which the Father hath made with his people, O house of Israel. Then shall the remnants which shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth be gathered in from the east and from the west and from the south and from the north. And they shall be brought to the knowledge of the Lord their God who hath redeemed them. And the Father hath commanded me that I should give unto you this land for your inheritance. And I say unto you that if the Gentiles do not repent after the blessing which they shall receive after they have scattered my people, then shall ye who are a remnant of the house of Jacob go forth among them and ye shall be in the midst of them who shall be many. And ye shall be among them as a lion among the beasts of the forest, and as a long, young lion among the flocks of sheep, who, if he goeth through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Thy hand shall be lifted up upon thine adversaries, and all thine enemies shall be cut off. And I will gather my people together, as a man gathereth his sheaths into the floor. For I will make my people with whom the Father hath covenanted, I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hoofs brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many people. And I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. And behold, I am he who doeth it. And it shall come to pass, saith the Father, that the sword of my justice shall hang over them at that day, and except they repent, it shall fall upon them, saith the Father. Yea, even upon all the nations of the Gentiles. And it shall come to pass that I will establish my people, O house of Israel, 
And upon this, and, and behold, this people will I establish in this land unto the fulfilling of the covenant, which I made unto your father Jacob. And it shall be a new Jerusalem, and the powers of heaven shall be in the midst of this people. Yea, even I will be in the midst of you. Behold, I am he of whom Moses spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. Verily I say unto you, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have testified of me. Behold, ye are the children of the prophets, and ye are of the house of Israel, and ye are of the covenant which the Father made with your fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. The Father, have, having raised me up unto you first, and sent me to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities, and this because ye are the children of the covenant. And after that ye were blessed, then fulfilleth the Father the covenant which he made with Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed, unto the pouring out of the Holy Ghost through me upon the Gentiles, which blessing upon the Gentiles shall make them mighty above all unto the scattering of my people, O house of Israel. They and they shall be a scourge unto the people of this land. Nevertheless, when they shall have received the fullness of my gospel, then if they harden their hearts against me, I will return their iniquities upon their own heads, saith the Father. And I will remember the covenant which I have made with my people, and I have covenanted with them that I would gather them together in mine own due time, that I would give unto them again the land of their fathers for their inheritance, which is the land of Jerusalem, which is the promised land unto them forever, saith the Father. And it shall come to pass that the time cometh when the fullness of my gospel shall be preached unto them. And they shall believe in me that I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and shall pray unto the Father in my name. Then shall their watchmen lift up their voice, and with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye. Then will the Father gather them together again, and give unto them Jerusalem for the land of their inheritance. Then shall they break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Father hath covenanted his, his, the Father hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Father hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of the Father, and the Father and I are one. And then shall be brought to pass that which is written, 
Awake, awake again, and put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, Ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that my people shall know my name. Yea, in that day they shall know that I am he that doth speak. And then shall they say, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings unto them, that publisheth peace, and bringeth good tidings unto them of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And then shall a cry go forth, Depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, and touch not that which is unclean. Go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. For ye shall not go out with haste, nor by flight. For the Lord God will go with you, before you, and the Lord and the God of Israel shall be rearward. Here again we have Exodus imagery, and, and in verse 43 we will reference the Davidic servant again, and the Savior is quoting Isaiah extensively in these chapters. So with verse 43. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and very high. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard shall they consider. Verily, verily, I say unto you that these things shall surely come, even as the Father hath commanded me. Then shall this covenant which the Father hath covenanted with his people be fulfilled. And then shall Jerusalem be inhabited again with my people, and it shall be the land of their inheritance." Chapter 21, verse 1. Verily I say unto you, I give unto you a sign, that ye may know the time when these things shall be about to take place, that I shall gather in from their long dispersion my people, O house of Israel, and shall establish again among them my Zion. And behold, this is the thing which I give unto you for a sign. Verily I say unto you, that when these things which I declare unto you, and which I shall declare unto you hereafter of myself, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, which shall be given unto you of the Father, shall be made known unto the Gentiles, that they may know concerning this people who are a remnant of the house of Jacob, and concerning this my people who shall be scattered by them, Verily, verily, I say unto you that when these things shall be made known unto them of the Father, then shall come forth of the Father from them unto you. For it is wisdom in the Father that they should be established in this land and set up as a free 
people by the power of the Father, that these things might come forth from them unto a remnant of your seed, from the that the covenant of the Father may be fulfilled, which he hath covenanted with his people, O house of Israel. Therefore, when these works and the works which shall be wrought among you hereafter shall come forth from the Gentiles unto your seed, which shall dwindle dwindle in unbelief because of iniquity. And this, maybe I could stop there for a moment to point out that uh, the gospel is brought to the natural lineages of the house of Israel by the Gentiles. Of course, there's that separation from those Gentiles who will harden their hearts and be destroyed from those Gentiles who will embrace the fullness of the gospel. And those who Gentiles who do embrace the fullness of the gospel, the gospel will go forth from them to the house of Israel. Verse 6. For thus it behooveth the Father that it should come forth from the Gentiles, that he may show forth his power unto the Gentiles, for this cause that the Gentiles, if they will not harden their hearts, that they may repent and come unto me and be baptized in my name and know the true points of my doctrine, that they may be numbered among my people, O house of Israel." And when these things shall come to pass, that thy seed shall begin, begin to know these things, it shall be a sign unto them, that they may know that the work of the Father hath already commenced unto the fulfilling of the covenant, which he hath made unto the people who are of the house of Israel. And when that day shall come, it shall come to pass, that kings shall shut their mouths, for that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. And for in that day, for my sake, shall the Father work a work, which shall be great and a marvelous work among them. And there shall be among them those who will not believe it, although a man shall declare it unto them. But behold, the life of my servant shall be in my hands. Therefore, they shall not hurt him, although he shall be marred because of them. Yet will I heal him. For I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. Therefore it shall come to pass that whosoever will not believe in my words, who am Jesus Christ, which the Father shall cause him to bring forth unto the Gentiles, and give shall give unto him power that he shall bring them forth unto the Gentiles. It shall be done even as Moses said, they shall be cut off from among my people who are of the covenant. So we have some significant details about what the Lord's servant does in the last days. He brings forth the words of, um, in verse 11, he shall bring forth, um, have power to bring forth the Christ's words. So he'll bring forth additional scripture. And those who harden their hearts against him and, and the latter-day work will be cut off from among my people who are of the covenant. So this is clearly talking about those who have a, a current covenant with the Savior. 
If they reject his work and do not repent, they will be cut off. And in verse 12, we'll pick up. And my people who are a remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles. Yea, in the midst of them, as a lion among the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who if he who if he goeth through both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Their hand shall be lifted up upon their adversaries, and all their enemies shall be cut off. Yea, woe be unto the Gentiles, except they repent. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Father, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee, and I will destroy thy chariots, and I will cut off the cities of thy land, and throw down all thy strongholds. And I will cut off witchcrafts out of thy land, and thou shalt have no more soothsayers. Thy graven images will I also cut off, and thy standing images out of the midst of thee, and thou shalt no more worship the works of thy hands. And I will pluck up thy groves out of the midst of thee, so will I destroy thy cities. And it shall come to pass that all lyings and deceivings and envyings and strifes and priestcrafts and whoredoms shall be done away. For it shall come to pass, saith the Father, that at that day whosoever will not repent and come unto my beloved Son, them will I cut off from among my people, O house of Israel. And I will ex execute vengeance and fury upon them, even as upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. But if they will repent and hearken unto my voice, and harden not their hearts, I will establish my church among them. And they shall come in unto the covenant, and be numbered among this the remnant of Jacob, unto whom I have given this land for their inheritance. And they shall assist my people, the remnant of Jacob, and also as many of the house of Israel, as shall come, that they may build a city, which shall be called the New Jerusalem. And then shall they assist my people, that they may be gathered in, who are scattered upon all the face of the land, in unto the new Jerusalem. And then shall the power of heaven come down among them, and I also will be in their midst. And then shall the work of the Father commence at that day, even when this gospel shall be preached among the remnant of this people. Verily I say unto you, at that day shall the work of the Father commence among all the dispersed of my people. Yea, even the tribes which have been lost, which the Father hath led away out of Jerusalem. Yea, the work shall commence among all the dispersed of my people, with the Father to prepare the way, whereby they may come unto me, that they may call upon the Father in my name. Yea, and then shall the work commence with the Father among all nations, in preparing the way, whereby his people may be gathered home to the lands of their inheritance. And they shall go out from all nations, and they shall not go in haste, nor by flight. 
For I will go before them, saith the Father, and I will be their rearward. So here we have more uh, Exodus imagery and, and links. And so the first Exodus led by the Lord's servant will be to bring the people to New Jerusalem who will build it. Then there will be continual to be more exoduses as the house of Israel are gathered out from across all the face of the earth. So exciting things to look forward to. This is the work of the father, the great and marvelous work. Now, Jesus Christ continues his discourse on the work of the father in uh, the next chapter Nephi, 3 Nephi chapter 22, but this is all a quote of Isaiah chapter 54, and rather than read the whole chapter, I thought we'd read the last three verses, and so this will be in Isaiah chapter 54, starting with 15, 14, verse 14, and I'll be quoting from the Abraham Gileadi translation. And uh, I should give a plug for Abraham Gileadi's site, IsaiahExplained.com. It's an amazing site. He's the world's leading scholar on the book of Isaiah. And in his apocalyptic commentary, he gives verse-by-verse explanation of every verse in the entire book of Isaiah. And if a person really wants to learn Isaiah and come up to speed, I can think of no better source than this one right here. This will bring you up to speed very quickly on helping you to understand the book of Isaiah. Okay, so we'll jump back to Isaiah Chapter 54, starting with verse 14. Just as, excuse me, all of your children shall be taught by Jehovah, and great shall be the peace of your posterity. You shall be firmly established through righteousness. You will be far from oppression and have no cause to fear. Far from ruin, it shall not approach you. Those who gather into mobs are not of me. Whosoever masses against you shall fall because of you. Here again, we have the reference to the mobs that will be gathered together in the last days to fight against the church of the Lamb that we spoke about earlier. And verse 16. It is I I who create the smith, who fans the flaming coals forging weapons to suit his purpose. It is I who create the ravager to destroy. Whatsoever weapon is devised against you, it shall not succeed. Every tongue that rises to accuse you, you shall refute. This is the heritage of the servants of Jehovah, and such is their vindication by me, saith Jehovah. So... There's so much here, it's hard to absorb it all in in one reading. So we have an amazing discourse from the Savior himself on the work of the Father. And in closing, I would like to read from 3 Nephi chapter 23. So after the Savior 
finishes his discourse on the work of the Father, he again admonishes us to study Isaiah. And so I'll read from 3 Nephi, chapter 23, starting with verse 1. And now behold, I say unto you that ye ought to search these things. Yea, I, a commandment I give unto you that ye search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. For surely he spake as touching all things concerning my people, which are of the house of Israel. Therefore it must needs to be that he must speak also to the Gentiles. And all things which he spake have been and shall be even according to the words which he spake. And therefore, give heed to my words. Write the things which I have told you according to the time and the will of the Father, they shall go forth unto the Gentiles. All right. Um, There was something else I wanted to close with, and that's that we're taught that the fullness of the gospel will go forth. And that's what will be taken to the house of Israel and will aid them in their conversion and coming unto Christ. And there's not always clarity in what the fullness of the gospel is. And my understanding is that the fullness of the gospel is the new covenant taught in the Book of Mormon of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And the doctrine of Christ, which is also taught in the Book of Mormon, in Second Nephi chapter 31. The doctrine of Christ is, is critical for us to accept it and live it if we want to participate in these events. And so I would, if anybody wants more information, I'd recommend that you go to the website doctrineofchrist.com. It's an amazing site. There's videos, there's podcasts, there's articles, and they do a very good job of explaining and teaching what the doctrine of Christ is. And what the new covenant is. And with that, I would thank you for being here. And I will close with my testimony. That I know that Jesus Christ lives. That he is our savior. That uh, there are great and momentous things which are about to take place. It is an exciting time to be alive. And we have the opportunity to participate in the Exodus and in fulfilling the work of the Father if we qualify. May we all repent and accept and embrace the fullness of the gospel. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jim, so much. Uh, We are going to move over to our Tuesday night Zoom. You can get that link in the comments or from uh, doctrineofchrist.com where we have the Tuesday night Zoom link. We will have more discussion, questions, comments there. Lots to go over here. So we'll see you guys over there. Check the comments or check doctrineofchrist.com for that link. We'll see you guys over there. Thanks.